water flows. This afternoon, the Ghana Independent Broadcasters Association, GIBA, challenges legality of the $15,000 digital terrestrial television monthly fees, describing the minister's imposition as arbitrary. Your right to, to, be, to be giving fees for such a platform, and this is the point we raise. I'll give you a breakdown of this and tell you how TV viewing will be affected if the communications ministry carries out the threat to shut down the DTT platform to media houses that are owing. Also in parliament, sponsors of anti-gay bill fight proposed deletion of clause 4 of the document, taking out the creation of the offense of undermining Ghanaian family values. Deleting and embracing an offense, we shouldn't be having ambiguities and subjectivities. That's why the proposal is that we delete the entire clause. I take your life to Parliament for that debate. Also, local government minister launches ambitious campaign to revive voter participation in the district assembly elections, aiming for 50% turnout next week. So it means it's possible to go beyond 50%. And that's why we think that with the support and the help, maybe come uh, 19th December, we'll go beyond 50%. We have more. Some aspirants explain their role or what their role entails if they should get the nod. So the role of assembly member one, you are the intermediary between your community members and local governments. Let me put it that way. You are mandated to um, attend all general assembly meetings and subcommittee meetings. And their sports. Former Black Stars coach CK Akono shares insight on how Ghana can end the 41-year drought for the Afghan title. And beyond the odds, 61-year-old visually impaired Clement has refused to be a burden on his family. My grandfather had same challenges with his eyes. I have the hope that one day my situation will get better. That's coming up in our stories of hope and from Africa to the world. It's a sad end of an inspiring African voice as award-winning South African musician Zahara passes on tribute all over the world around for her. That's and more in this afternoon's edition of the Midday News. I am Emefa Apao. This is your home of independent, fearless and credible journalism. Please do stay on for details. We get on into um, the news now and the Ghana Independent Broadcasters Association is this afternoon strongly resisting attempts of signal shutdown by Communications Minister Esla Owusu-Ekofo if they fail to pay for the use of the digital terrestrial television DDT, DTT platform. According to the minister, the government which has been footing the bill for the operating the platform can no longer bear the cost and media houses are refusing to pay despite several notices to them. But Giba insists there is no concern on the quoted fee of $15,000 a month per broadcaster. Before we hear from Geba, listen to Eslo's work of all, giving the strong signal on sanctions against those who refuse to pay the fee. None of the broadcasters on the DTT platform pay for using it as I speak. And this situation cannot continue in our current economic state. Geba is not a broadcaster hosted on this platform. So I don't know in which capacity they would be acting. They have constituent members who are broadcasters on the DTT platform, but none of them have paid a PESWA to date for being hosted 
on the platform. So it is not correct to state that any entity being hosted on the platform has paid for being hosted on it. They have not. There is actually matters pending in court because they have been notified that government has indicated that they, it cannot continue to pay for the operations and maintenance of this DTT platform. But Geba insists the amount was revised to $10,000 after some considerations. Listen to President of Geba, Cecil Sunkwamils, who spoke to my colleague Evans Mensah on Top Story. The minister sent out invoices from the ministry to station requesting them to pay a certain fee per month. If I, how much if I was this? Pay. Well, initially in the conversation that we were not giving, the fee was proposed at $15,000 a month. $15,000 a month per yes. station? And as, yes, and at a meeting where some of our members were, they asked the question that what made up $15,000 a month? Because remember that these stations also distribute channels on other platforms. So they told us to come back with us with a breakdown of how this uh, they came up. But she said that they had done a consideration and they were looking at $10,000 a month. The association also reveals it is in court over the issue because the communications minister has no legal right to set fees for the use of the DTT platform. And for us, the point is that you cannot allot fees on a national platform where people use arbitrary. And as a minister, the minister does not have that legal right to, to, be, to be giving fees for such a platform. And this is the point we raised. After the meeting, the minister sent out invoices to stations. And then we consulted the court for a clear interpretation of what this meant. That can the minister do as she is saying or not? As it is now, we are in court waiting for the outcome and explanation. Cecil Sunkwa Mills is the president of the Ghana Independent Broadcasters Association, Giba. Well, let's take a look at this DTT platform and who is on it and what the effect or impact will be. In the studio with me is Isaac Kofiejiminta. He's with our research desk. First, let's talk about the broadcasters on this particular platform. Well, there are about 118 television stations currently on air. That's according to NCA. And if the shutdown actually uh, you know, happens next year, we may have about 54 of these television stations not having you know, access to the DTT platform. So let's do some sort of breakdown in terms of the DTT. There are six types. So we have the DTT free-to-air that goes nationwide. We have about 41 of them. The DTT free-to-air, but on a regional basis, we have about six. And then we also have the, uh, the DTT paid television services only. Uh, there's none in Ghana at the moment. We have the DTT pay services and frequency, five of them. And there's also the DTT network only. There's none in Ghana. And the last one is the, D, um, the DTT where we have about radio stations, about two of them. So mm. if you compute this, we have about uh, 54 or if, if you look at the free to air, 41 television stations that may be affected on the digital platform when this actually happens. But one thing is that we need to know that this is the DTT platform. We have television stations that are both on the DTT platform and then also on the DTH, which is the direct-to-home platform. And so, you know, most of them are complaining that if they're supposed to pay that um, $15,000 per month, then it means that they'll be paying double uh, on the DTT platform mm -hmm. and then also on the DTH platform. And that's the concern that they are raising. They are willing to pay but they want a reasonable amount so that they don't have to 
bear huge costs at the DTT platform and also on the DTH platform. Well, whilst we haggle that out, though, uh, we've been hearing from the uh, communications minister on how they will shut it down if um, broadcasters fail to pay uh, by January. Well, how would this affect um, the particular platform if it's shut down, you'd say? So if you look at the platform that we are talking about, is the digital ones. Mm-hmm. And first we move from the analog to the digital. And most of them did the migration in 2016. And some of them have been on this platform for the past five or six years. Okay. And so if this should happen, some are saying then we are going to have a complete shutdown of TV station. That's not what is going to happen because you still have access to to your television station probably on the DTH platforms and not on the DTT. People love the DTT. Others mm-hmm. also love to watch their television station on the DTH. But the most important thing is that we have about 41 free to air DT, uh, on the DTT platform. And if this should happen, could be very problematic. Thank you very much, Kofi Ajay. And uh, this is an issue that we are monitoring. There's more of it also on myjoyonline.com. But let me take you to Parliament now, where a sponsor of the controversial anti-gay bill is vehemently fighting an amendment to the bill which would make or delete the entire Clause 4 of the bill. Clause 4 creates an offence when a person allegedly undermines proper human sexual rights and Ghanaian family values. Listen to Chairman of the Constitutional, Legal and Parliamentary Affairs Committee, Kwame Yumedu Entry, provide an explanation for why the deletion is necessary. Against undermining proper human sexual rights and Ghanaian family values. Though this clause creates an offence relating to undermining proper human sexual rights and Ghanaian family values, what constitutes quote undermine and of quotation is not defined and therefore the basis of the offence cannot be determined. Mr. Speaker, this is the advice that the learned attorney general gave to the committee and the entire committee agreed on this advice and that's why we agreed as have been said by ranking that it was too much of subjectivity and therefore we need to end ambiguities and that is why we are proposing that in deleting and in creating an offense we shouldn't be having ambiguities and subjectivities and that's why the proposal is that we delete the entire clause let me bring in Parliamentary Affairs Correspondent Kwekwa Santi. Kwekwa, first of all, walk us through the full rendition of this particular clause. So clause four of this bill says, a person shall not undermine the proper human sexual rights and Ghanaian family values specified in section two of this act or directly or indirectly instigate, command, counsel, procure, solicit, or in any other manner purposely aid the, the acts that undermine the proper human sexual rights and Ghanaian family values. And any person who contravenes this will pay a penalty unit of 2,000 penalty units or will be sentenced to a prison term of not less than two months and not more than four months. According to the committee, this clause is laden with ambiguities and could possibly be struck out as unconstitutional. But Roxy Nelson, the part of those who are sponsoring this bill, really believes that this is such a key part of the bill. If they delay this, it will make nonsense of the bill. Mr. Speaker, the essence of four is so cardinal to this legislation, so, so cardinal, so, so fundamental to it. I've been struggling to appreciate the point made by the ranking member that this offense, Article 39, is not been able to point it out. There's, there's the subjectivity element that he points to. That too, I am struggling to appreciate because you see, 
when when we enact the provision this way, subject to the enhancements contained in the amendments, amendments listed uh, 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 thereafter, there will be investigation. If somebody makes a complaint that clause four, which subsequently becomes section four of the law, has been breached, that is not the end of it. Investigations will be conducted. It is the investigation that will establish a prima facie that indeed. Clause 4, subsequently section 4 of the law has been breached or not. So I I I there are similar provisions in other laws. And Kweku, the chairman of the committee disagrees with this position. Yes, he says if they continue to pass this, the president will either refuse to sign the bill because it will be unconstitutional, or the Supreme Court will ultimately strike out the law. I am not sure, Mr. Speaker, that when we finish with this, it is done. And in accordance with the procedure, we would have to send whatever we do in this house to the president for assent. The president would then have to come back to us on issues that are unconstitutional. And we have to be very careful and make sure that we have ironed out all crises before we go, we send this bail out for assent. Mr. Speaker, sometimes I feel very ashamed when issues which are very elementary, so far as law is concerned, is sent to the Supreme Court, and then this parliament is, uh, is, is pronounced as having a. And quickly, so what was the decision on this then? Because there was no agreement, several amendments were proposed to deal with the uh, of the bill. There was still no agreement, so the decision from both sides of the house was to stand down clause four and continue. So the house is currently continuing with the other clauses and the decision is that later on they will try and build some consensus through what is called the win-win stage and then bring back clause four for a decision. Okay, that's a parliamentary affairs correspondent, Kweku Asante there. Now the local government minister is aiming to achieve over 50% participation in the upcoming district assembly and unit committee elections scheduled for next Tuesday. Dan Kweku Botre is determined to regenerate interest and enthusiasm for the democratic process despite the noticeable decline in participation since the late 80s. The minister addressed journalists yesterday to help whip up interest in the process. But before we hear from him, many voters are already demonstrating apathy towards the process. Oh, no, I don't know my assemblyman. When I talk about assembly elections, Nimuda, I don't know when you vote for these leaders, they do not do anything in the community. I don't see the reason I should waste my time to vote for them. It's always a repetition. You vote one into power and they don't do anything until the next elections and the next person is voted into power. There really is no use in voting for them. I have noticed that if you vote for any leader in this country, you are simply giving them opportunity to enrich themselves and their families. That is why I'm not interested in voting for anyone. When him say, right, no responsibility, say, we elect for local government. I also be represented. If something is going on in your community that is not good or needs the attention of government, uh, that is the person who is supposed to go and represent and talk about your grievances. How do we make sure, say, going forward, no, the right thing is done? Oh, I'm not only person I can vote that. I am not the only person who needs to vote for them to work. If I don't, someone else will, and if they win, they will do what they have to do. 
Thankfully, the local government minister, Dan Butry, joins us on the line. We are grateful for your time here on the Midday News. So let's talk about the road to achieving 50% participation in this particular district assembly and unit committee elections. What do we ought to do and what's in place already? Hello. Good afternoon, sir. If you can hear me. Good afternoon. I'm yes. asking about the aim to achieving 50% participation. What do we ought to do and what's in place already for that to happen? Well, thank you. Um, however, we all, there's no doubt about the importance of the local uh, government uh, uh, elections. And for that matter, the district assembly concept. But the issue is that as we are presented the data uh, since uh, 1988, that we had a vote to turn out of 59%, and then 98, when we had 41%, we've not had any voter turnout up to 40%. And uh, we normally have very good turnout in the um, uh, districts, especially in the towns and villages. But when we come to the very urbanized areas, the turnout is very low. And we all have agreed that there are lots of advertisements. I mean, you are stations, TV stations, um, through NCCE, to the Electoral Commission, they've got sponsorship. And for the past eight weeks or so, they have intensified the advertisement. But we still want to do more so that at least this year, we should get people interested to participate in this, uh, 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 this level of lessons exactly a week today. And we aim at getting at least 50% turnout. And it's important that we deepen decentralization. We, we, we deepen the interest people should have in the uh, assembly elections and the importance of uh, making sure that uh, we, we, we strengthen the assembly concept and even the sub-national uh, um, uh, na- uh, structures that we have. Uh, sub-districts that we have. It's important. I don't think our argument now is the importance of it, but it's the people participation and the tendency for people to think that it's a certain class of people who should vote in the assembly elections, but others don't even think that they should vote because it's other, well, uh, 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 pardon my words, other is below their level or something. So they don't show interest, but it's so important. It's so fundamental to our democracy. And when all people, all class of people should show interest, find time a week today uh, to go 19 December and go and cast their ballot. And also about um, urban participation in particular, there are those who feel that a holiday probably for that day uh, will be motivation enough for all of us to participate. Have you considered that? I'm not so sure of that. Um, it's, it's, we believe that it's, it's, this is particular lesson that normally you don't have to be in a queue for a long time. You can really go and vote for because just uh, uh, your area, you can just go and vote and still be able to take part uh, uh, in your normal way. Because at the end of the day, to uh, MFR, uh, those who are on government payroll uh, are, are not that as compared to the uh, number we have in the voter role. Because there are many people who are self employed and uh, they also go and vote. So we, I do not think that the real issue why we are not getting very high turnout is because of not declaring the day a holiday. But for me, it's uh, the concerted effort to, as it were, uh, uh, drum up the, the, the 
uh, sensitization that we are all getting involved in and let all people know that it's important to take part in the different level elections. It's so fundamental, it's so important to our democratic parties. It is the national constitution, it's in all the laws of local governance act two uh nine three six twenty sixteen and so important that it performs uh, 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 very important roles in, 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 in at the at the unit level and also at the district level. And they they coordinate, they integrate and harmonize many programs mm-hmm. and projects up in the approved development plans in their district. Okay. And it's so important that we all get involved in that. We and we really, really encourage the media to help us uh, uh, sensitize the uh, the people and then the communities and all voters to take part in the elections next week. Thank you very much. That's the local government minister, Dan Boche there. But what role will they play if they are elected? My colleagues, Tia Boche, engage some aspirants. So the role of assembly member one, you are the intermediary between your community members and local governments. Let me put it that way. So more or less, you represent the people in terms of their needs, their prioritization of their needs, you bring it to the assembly. So, you know, what needs to be done is that uh, at every general assembly meeting, you the assembly member need to meet your electorate. What are their needs? What are their problems and challenges? That is what you bring to the discussion at the general assembly. Is to represent your respective electoral area, and you are mandated to um, attend all general assembly meetings and subcommittee meetings, and you are to be the voice of the people. Well, aside the low enthusiasm in the election, women participation has also been abysmally low in Nahim Ronum, North electoral area in the Ashanti region. Voters are banging their hopes on the only female aspirant to resolve the open defecation problem in the area. Here's Anita Sewa's report read to you. Residents at Old Tafo Municipal Assembly bemoan the increasing practice of open defecation in the municipality due to lack of proper toilet facilities. One public toilet serves the municipality. Community members are disappointed with the lack of effort of assemblymen elected over the years to improve sanitation. They are hoping to elect a woman in the upcoming district-level election for the first time to improve the sanitation crisis. If uh, Honorable Hawa Mohammed is elected into office, I know her can do her spirit. Because even as her position right now, not even elected as the any assemblywoman or she's not even having any, any, any portfolio or any position, She's even fighting hard for us to get at as much as more uh, uh, public toilet in this electoral area. No For the past eight years, the current assemblyman hasn't been able to curtail open defecation. Hawa Mohammed, the first lady to contest the district-level election in the area, plans to end open defecation at Old Tafu Municipal Assembly. Not having a public toilet, if by the grace of God they vote me into the office, the first thing that I'm going to do is the public toilet for the neighborhood. 
and you are to participate a week from today is the district assembly level uh, elections and that's how we go for a quick break here on the midday news on joy 99.7 fm in accra in kumasi on love 99.5 fm the midday news is proudly sponsored by petrol soul your clean fall in full quantity petrol soul is always a delightful experience also brought to you by duo plus ghana limited producers of quality pvc and hdp pipes and water tank we are the only water storage tank with a level indicator where duo plus goes water flows we return from the break with sport beyond the old 90 61 year old visually impaired clement has refused to be a burden on his family to fend for himself that's in today's edition of stories of hope and from africa to the world i never knew about the industry i wrote my music to inspire people to give hope to people is a sad end of an inspiring African voice as award-winning South African musician Zahara passes on tribute all over the world coming in for her. are tight and money difficult to come by. You want to be sure you get the best value for your money. These are not times to be spending money fixing expensive engine problems because of cheap fuel and lubricants. Drive to a petrol source station today and buy your quality fuel and lubricants and rest assured of fuel that lasts long and lubricants that prevent expensive engine problems. Here's the sound. <laughs> petrol source. Clean fuel in full quantity. It is your time to vote for your assembly members and unit committee members. So get involved and vote. It's a civic duty required of you a second year. So get involved and vote. A message from the National Commission for Civic Education, NCCE. Time to vote for your assembly members and unit committee members. So get involved and vote. A message from the National Commission for Civic Education, NCCE. Thanks for staying with us here on the Midday News. Let's do sports. Yeah, Mubarak. thank you very much, MFNO. In just 32 days, Ghana will head to Ivory Coast for the 2023 Africa Cup of, Africa Cup of Nations, eager to win the trophy and break the 41-year title drought. But optimism surrounding the team is not great. The team has failed to reach the quarterfinals since 2017. But former Ghana coach C.K. Akona is confident the story will be different next year with only adequate preparation. It's something we can achieve. It's something that we've, we've yearned for it for a long time. Um, uh, there's a need for us, not just the coach, but the people around him also to help and support because it's, it's for us, not for uh, an individual. You know, So I think we should, we should have um, a teamwork, a plan. Sometimes what we normally do, we wait to the last minute and then we are... Uh, the planning starts from 
way back, you know, and we need to prepare very well and get in there. I feel this time around, once we do it, there's a chance for us to, uh, to win, to win a tournament. Yeah, Eva Fadas, former Black Stars coach, Sika Akono, on the chances of the Black Stars. Thank you very much, Mubarak. It's time for Stories of Hope, and there's a story of a 61-year-old visually impaired who is refusing to be a burden on his family. My colleague, Peter Senu, has more. Putikitu Lipe Kukrantumi in the Gwan district of the Oti region where Clement, against all odds, is hoping things would turn out better for him someday. He got blinded gradually from age 15. He says only two of his other five siblings could see. Now, at age 61, Clement lives a solitary life. My grandfather had same challenges with his eyes, so I don't know if it is hereditary. Despite his visual impairment, he has over three acres of cocoa farm and at least four ropes of maize farm to his credit. He leads me to his farm, I must add. Before he gets to his farm, there is this dangerous crossing. Victor is one of the neighbors on the farm. He says they have to help him with the clearing sometimes. Foyao is like a father to us in the bush. We come to stay with him, to make him happy and help him clear his farm. But what is motivating him to keep striving, I asked. I have the hope that one day my situation will get better. My prayer and supplication to God is that he should help me and grant me the desires of my heart. And that's our stories of hope.